Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to another episode of Be Open and Authentic with Rohit. Today we have Adam Crossthwaite with us, who is an Aust- Australian professional cricket player and also the coach for Seattle Thunderbolts cricket team in minor league. If you haven't heard about minor league, you will hear about it soon. So today, today we'll be talking about obviously about cricket and uh, you know the professional journey of Adam Crossthwaite uh, and in, in Australia and you know um, and learn more about. Uh, the process that he has been through and and also learn you know a little bit uh, dive dive a little bit deeper into the skills strategy and and mindset required to be a successful cricket player and 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 the things that we can learn from cricket and you know apply to everyday life so that um, we can be you know successful there as well right so yeah firstly you know th- thank you uh, adam uh, for for being on the show with me and and being uh, you know open to talk about your journey and and share your knowledge uh, i know this is a busy season um, thank you thank you for for your time and and uh, help hey thank you it's uh, no it's always always a pleasure to to have a chat and uh, yeah like you i'm a cricket lover and uh, yeah, yeah more than happy to talk cricket all day and every day so let's, Perfect. let's get going same here awesome let's get started so do you want to you know share a little bit about your your uh, professional uh, cricket journey so far and and how it has been evolved uh, you know been evolving still yeah so I, I guess i've been involved some way or another in professional cricket in australia for probably the last 20 years probably since i was a 17 year old so gives away my age so um yeah i, I sort of started with all the underage um, teams within Victoria, which is my home state in, in Australia. So started there, made my way luckily into uh, the Australian under-19 and under-19s, played three years with the Australian under-19s, which was able to play in two World Cups. Uh, one World Cup which uh, in 2002, which we won, which was captained by Cameron White. Um, very good team. Uh, most of the guys went on to play for, for Australia and uh, if not, they're definitely their state. So I think there's probably only one or two guys that never played first-class cricket in that group. Yep. Um, and then the second World Cup, we went to Bangladesh and, uh, we, yeah, we got done. We didn't we didn't play all that well, but that one was captained by Tim Payne. So um, from there, I was offered a, a state contract with Victoria and played there for uh, six or seven seasons um, until, yeah, I, I got into a bit of a... Um, a battle with Matthew Wade, both um, wicket keepers and both wicket keepers bats, and playing. I was playing the short form games as the keeper. He was playing the long form game as the keeper. Uh, we duked it out. We both played in the other forms as batsmen, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, we both wanted to play cricket for Australia. So someone had to had to move, and that was me. And I, I moved to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite uh, crack the New South Wales team, but got a contract in South Australia. So mm. travelled from Melbourne to Sydney and then over to Adelaide um, to play first-class cricket for South Australia, and that just coincided with the start of the Big Bash. So played the first year of the Big Bash with the Adelaide Strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, played that for um, about 18 months, was in South Australia, and then went back to back to Sydney, back to New South Wales, and uh, was a part of the Sydney Sixers Academy and Sydney Sixers squad, but uh, never played a game for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, then eventually that sort of pushed me into my sort of early 30s, and um, I then sort of transitioned out of trying to play first-class cricket um, and more into a coaching mentoring role 
um, with with guys in in Sydney, and then over the last three seasons, I've been back in my native Victoria, uh, where yes. I've been, yeah, playing cricket for St Kilda and um, working with the Victorian first class teams, and uh, even last year did a little bit of work with the Melbourne Stars. So, um, yes. and then as you say, where where I am right now, and uh, that's sitting in Seattle, Washington. Um, yeah. yeah, head coach of the. The Seattle Thunderbolts, as we're we're fighting for the for the minor league, and uh, we've got the last weekend of our regular season this weekend, where we need we need to win two games to make the playoffs. So we're um, it's made that that's my journey, and that sort of sits me here at the computer screen with you today. <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean that that's that's great. I mean that's such a long you know cricketing career and journey, uh, and and uh, you know going all over the place, right? So I want to you know touch touch multiple aspects here, Adam. Um, and and by the way, firstly, you know, um, good luck for the you know weekend games uh, with for Seattle Thunderbirds. You know, we are all cheering for you guys. So I'm sure I'm sure you Thank got you. it. Cool. Yeah. Again, uh, you know, uh, coming back to um, the journey that you you know mentioned so far, right? So, so you know, first, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the structure, right? In Australia, like, how does it work? So, is it uh, club cricket, you know, which is Victoria, you know, New South Wales, and and you know, other teams, and then go to the first class, uh, and then you make it to the international team or not? Is that how it works, or uh, how is it in Australia? Yeah. So, I, I guess our club system, or what we call Premier Cricket. Uh, in all the different states. So we have six states that play in the Sheffield Shield. Um, so, uh, and within those states, you have your club team. So my club team is St Kilda Cricket Club, which is a local, which is our um, premier premier team. So there's 18 premier teams in Victoria, which is one of our biggest states, um, 18 premier teams. And then from that premier, from that premier competition, you then go up to your um, Victorian second eleven, and then Victorian first class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our first class teams are, are our states: so Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, gotcha. WA, Tassie, and South Australia. Uh, so we have the six first class teams, and then we also have our franchise model, which is our Big Bash, which is yeah. Melbourne, Sydney, and they're, they're based around the cities. So and we've gotcha. got eight teams with Sydney and Melbourne both having two teams. So that's where the other two. The extra two teams come in, so gotcha. um, yeah. So that's the structure within Australia, and then obviously um, you play well in first class cricket, and you um, yeah you put the baggy green on, which is every yeah. Australian cricketer's dream growing up to, to yeah. play Test cricket for for Australia. Yeah, yeah, right. So so I mean, yeah. So make it. So how hard is it to you know make it? I'm sure it is pretty hard, but what does it take? Uh, to make into the Victoria Club, or you know, just to be in general, right? you know, because just just to get a sense of it, because uh, you know, at, at what age you you know you have to you got started, or like what age you started, and you know, how long did it take for you to get into the club? Yeah, so I, I would look. I was pretty lucky, and I uh, I'm the first to admit that I was put into squads before I was before I was ready. Um, hmm. I was a wicket keeper. Um, a wicket keeper was probably my um, was a lot further along than what my batting was as a, as a kid, I, I was a good junior batsman, but a, a senior first class batsman, I probably wasn't ready. Um, yeah. But so I was pushed, pushed through the system. Um, Australian under 19, we could keep her for two or three years, yes. just got pushed into the, the first class scene. I, I think I'd, I had a professional contract really before I'd played first grade cricket at, at my club, which, nice. 
Um, it doesn't normally happen like that. Normally, yeah. you have to have played a few seasons and done pretty well. But yep. I guess I was identified at a young age to come through. So, um, nice. yeah, and played. It was it was in the Victorian squad for um, as a as a young kid and got a few opportunities. Um, and yeah, I, I just for me that was life. That was cricket. So I I had to balance my study with being a professional cricketer. So I was still at high school when when I signed my first contract. So that balance was difficult. But um, yeah, and- I guess my cricket became pretty elite at a pretty young a pretty young age. I was in these squads playing with and training with some of my idols, including so Darren Berry was a weird keeper who um, was before me at Victoria. Mm-hmm. Was very one of Australia's best ever glovemen, yep. um, but was able to walk into a team that had Brad Hodge, Shane Warne, um, yeah, Matthew Elliott, uh, so, some guys who I'd grown up who played for Australia and, and watching these guys and idolising these guys that, um, yeah, was lucky enough to play in an era of Victorian cricket that was very, very strong with yeah, a lot yeah. of our guys going on to playing for Australia. Wow, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I... Glad that you know you you got into the you know you got the contract in the early stages and and you know such a great exposure right you know playing with all these idols, I think that's a dream come true for for a seventeen year old and who is still in high school wow, yeah um, yeah it was, it was it was interesting you go to training you go to training and you, you're rubbing shoulders with uh, Shane Warne and you, he's one of your teammates <laughs> and you you got to go back to maths class in the morning so. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, uh, it was a bit. It was a bit bizarre. I know. Yeah. So, uh, um, like, so how, like, how how was it? Because uh, you know, um, obviously, sharing. You know, uh, if if it was me or like you know, uh, like probably someone else. You know, I, I don't think I'll be focusing more on. You know, I should have focused more on studies. Though, you know, if I'm just getting opportunity <laughs> to you know play with idols like you know Shane Vaughan or or any any of that sort right i would rather i would just skip the school and, and i would have played cricket <laughs> all, all all the way all day so what what was it like yeah, for you yeah look uh, it was it was definitely like that i, I was i was my studies were were still very important but um, at the same time i was trained to be an elite cricketer so yeah. um, i think I was lucky because I was exposed very young, but at the same time, that just became a natural instinct of what my cricket was. And, and I think nice. that's probably allowed me to play cricket for, at a high, very high level for the for the past 20 years. I, I'm still playing as yep. much as I'm coaching now, but I'm still, I'm still playing and still playing in Victoria at a very high level um, in Premier Cricket and involved with the first-class system there as well. Yep. So... Um, so- yeah, I just think it's the grounding that you get, and as a as a young as a kid, as a young adult, um, yep. I think it's those foundation years where you learn how to train, you learn what what cricket's about, and how hard you need to train, and then you see that you can you can very much see that the people that train hard and train well versus the the people who might have talent but don't train. Um, and what I've seen over the years is it's the the hard workers the hard workers are the ones that make it and the, the elite players are the hard workers who are also the talented, um, that have that extra, extra talent. But I've seen many, many talented people be outworked and, um, uh, outworked by other players who probably aren't skillful as skillful or as good, but, um, have a better career because they, they're a hard worker on the training track and in the, I guess, in the film room. 
Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so I mean, this is this is one of the you know probably uh, one of the lessons that we can take away. You know, it is. I think it's 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 applied. You know, it's a it's in regular. There's something that we can see in our day-to-day lives, right? It's not just you know who is who is smart or who is who is talented. It's also how much you know effort, time, and effort that you put in uh, to to you know make it to whatever the league that you want to you know get into, right? And and how much time do you use to spend you know with Victoria, like when you're you know being trained as you know elite elite professional, and you know even after high school, like how much time does normally people put in in you know every day to train and to work to improve the skill set? Sure. Yeah, so I think it's when you're, I guess, when you're on contract, you you don't have your weekends because your weekends are almost your matches. The matches are usually on the weekend, mm-hmm. so it, it becomes a twenty four seven type of role yeah. where you're looking after your body, you're, you're watching what you eat, you're making sure that your skills are ready. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're doing something probably physically, probably four or five hours a day, whether that be two or three sessions. Yep. Um, and then the rest of the day, I call it another probably four to five hours where you're looking after your body, whether that be massage, whether that be recovery, whether that be um, nutrition and things like that. But it's a, it, it becomes a lifestyle. And, and I think it's the, the players that can get, understand that lifestyle quickest that understand that, um, to have longevity in the sport and to be around for a long time, you need to tick these boxes. You need to have the best approach because it was funny. I was, I was speaking to, to Shadley, who plays with us at, um, at Seattle, who's a South African uh, professional himself. Yeah. And we were talking about today and he, and he told me, he told me a really interesting story, which isn't my story, but it is his, but it, it rings true. When he first got his um, contract in South, uh, South Africa, he went in and spoke to the coach, and the coach was, okay, what are you going to do? And all young players do this, and I'm sure I did this. You walk in and say, I want to be the fastest, I want to be the quickest, I want to be sure. the fittest, I want to be the best. And you get hit between the eyes when the coach turns around and says, yeah, but everybody here in this squad of 20 or 30 players says the exact same thing. Sure. So what's going to separate you from the rest? Hmm. Um, and, it, and, it is a, and it is a question that you've got to answer as a, as a young player is what's going to make you different because every single person in this squad and every single person who's a professional cricket wants to be the fittest, sure. wants to be the strongest, wants to be the fastest, wants to hit the best cover drive. Yep. That's the difference is in the attitude of how to get better um, and what you're willing to do to get better rather than just wanting to be the best. Yeah. And I think that's the, the mental shift that changes the difference between the really good, the good, and the guys who think they could. Well, yeah, I so, think I think I think that, that that's a bit of a lesson, a right? Bit. You know, okay, you want to be the best. Okay, that's great because everyone wants to be the same around you. But what sets you apart? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So so and 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 you know, taking that story, right? What do you think? You know that set you apart in the early days of career, right? Because you know you got your contract signed, you know, in, at the age of seventeen. Um, so what do you what was your mindset back then, and what was your uh, uh, strength, or you know, what was your uh, what do you think was it? Yeah, look, I, I think my wicket keeping, my wicket keeping was always, um, it was always very good. It was always sort of seemed to be um, at an elite level, probably as, as a young kid, um, mm. and it was something that I prided myself on. I, I was, I always wanted to be the best wicket keeper in Australia. Yes. Um, at times, I think I was. Um, other times, well, the reason you didn't get, I didn't get picked when I was young is my batting just wasn't. 
wasn't at first class level, um, yet alone test level at, at a young age. But um, that becomes the difference between setting yourself apart. Like I was obsessed about becoming the best and about becoming that next next guy. Adam Gilchrist was the weird keeper who was keeping yep. at the time. Um, so I was obsessed to be the next Adam Gilchrist. Wow. But the exact story I just told is that there was also six other state weird keepers sure. that were thinking and wanting the exact same thing. And a lot of it was hard work. And I, I think I did work hard. Um, my batting came along and I turned myself into a first-class batter probably in my early to mid-20s. Nice. Um, if I look back on it, it would have been it would have been much beneficial for me to. I played when I was young as well. Played when I was very young. For me, and I think this is an issue that we have in Australian cricket, is we push the young kids too early. Yep. I, me personally, at the time, I wanted to play. Hundred percent wanted to play. If I was managing myself back then, I probably would have rather play when I was a little bit later. Older, when I was actually good enough to play rather than had the potential to be good enough to play. Sure. Um, so I, I, I think that I look back on my career, that, that's very much something that, um, that happened. I think I played because I was possibly going to be good in the future. I didn't play when I... Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think I just played a little bit too early sure. for my liking, looking, looking back and being, being critical in, in my own game. I, I thought I was good enough, but at the time with my batting, I wasn't. And I started slow. Yep. And then when my batting got good, I then ended up in a fight, then had to leave. Sure. And then once I left, went to Sydney, went to Adelaide, you're always you're behind the eight ball a little bit and you're, yeah. you're fighting for your position. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, but so that, that's there, there are a couple the, of things uh, here, right? Uh, and, and yeah, th thanks for sharing this too, right? And, and uh, so... If you are in tradi and if you are, you know, being put in that position, and when you are, uh, you know, um, competing or you know when you are playing with, you know, idols like Shane Vaughan or you know so many elite, you know, players, obviously I think the confidence takes it too, right? And and I think you know and the pressure mounts up uh, uh, as well. So how how did you handle it? Yeah, look, it was it was awesome. Like it was so much fun. Like I look back on it and the fact that not a lot of people in the world got to wiki keep to Shane sure. Warren. And I was lucky enough to do it for sort of three or four years. And, um, he was amazing. That, that's something that, that I'll live with forever. And he actually handed me my, he presented me my Victorian hat, which was a, wow. which is a big thing. And it's a, um, so playing with these guys and not just him, like we had David Hussey, Cameron White, yeah. Andrew McDonald, Brad Hodge was one of my favorite cricketers of all yep. time. Um, a, a lot of our guys, and, and like I came through with Peter Siddle and James Pattinson and um, Aaron Finch was was a um, yeah a little grommet yep. for a year below me who was a um, who was a great mate of mine and um, who's turned into an amazing cricketer. Cameron White, captain captain Australia. Yeah. So it's the, the team and the group that we came through with. Um, was a really incredible sight. And like, I think when you're in that bubble and you're working hard together, sometimes you can, the, the pressure can, sometimes the pressure does get to yep. you, but other times when you're in the group and you have a common goal that you're working towards, sometimes you can bypass the pressure because again, pressure, a lot of pressure is outside noise. Yep. And when you're, when you're focused and ready to play and ready to compete and when your sole objective is to win the game, 
and you're in there with your brothers and your teammates, that's that that that's what it's all about. Yeah. I think when we lose sight of the game and when we get outside our body and we think, what are people saying about me? What are people thinking about me? And that's where the pressure sure. builds up. And pressure, when you're, when you're in a group that you trust and that they trust you and you trust them, um, the pressure goes. And that's why you see good teams yeah. and that the best teams are the ones that can absorb the most yeah. so-called pressure because they're, they've got a really good culture. And I think we, we had that at Victoria for, for quite a few years. That, that's, that's, uh, that's really great to hear, you know, and this also emphasizes the importance of, you know, being surrounded by the, you know, like-minded people or a group, you know, that helps you push forward, uh, you know, without, you know, without, you know, um, uh, you know, without building, without letting the pressure build on you and, you know, um, ma- makes you weak or, uh, you know, uh, makes you, you know, you won't be able to give so much, you know, of your best if you if you are under pressure, right? But but yeah, glad glad you you had that support. Um, but if you also don't mind me asking, right? You know, when you say uh, so many, you know, elite players, uh, you know, I would at least, you know, I would just love to get an autograph with them. You know, I would do anything, right? But you know, having played with those people, right, and and you know, not making it to the Australian cricket team, you know, and and just curious to understand your thought process. What do you think was the reason? that you you know you didn't make it to the top and then how do you feel about it you know sometimes you know if i think about it now i was you know because all it takes is you know just one one game or uh you know once a chance you know to uh, to just <laughs> make a shift in, in career or, or in life so uh, yeah 100 percent. i think one of one of the things that i guess i did was make a, a pretty poor career move because in all of australia you've only got seven positions yep. when you're a wicket keeper so you've got one position that you all want, and then you've got six state teams. Yeah. So there's not many jobs in a in Australia for weir keepers. Yeah. So you've got to be there at the right time, and you've got to be performing at the right time. I came through with um, a, a group of weir keepers who are who are very good. Tim Payne was very yeah. good. Peter Neville played a lot for Australia. Matthew Wade played for Australia. Yeah. Um, Chris Hartley um, was there. Didn't play for Australia, but was very good. Luke Ronke played for Australia, then went on to play for New Zealand. Um, they were sort of the guys around my age that were that were were vying for positions. Graham Manu was keeping wickets for South Australia. He's a little bit older, so he he got an opportunity. Brad Haddon was uh, took over from Adam Gilchrist, so Haddon was there. So it was a very hot topic to to be the next wicket keeper, and I think when. I was trying to play for Australia when I was duking it out with Matthew Wade and we were both playing for Victoria and Victoria weren't making a decision and um, I ended up leaving, which gave Matthew a, a full run at um, state Victorian state cricket and then he went on to play for Australia. Yeah. So um, sometimes in sport, that's just the way it goes. And um, yeah, look, I, I think I, I had a great career and I'm still in cricket and loved it. Would I have loved to have played for Australia? Hell yes, 100%. Um, I I think it was sometimes it comes down to people's opinions and selectors going one way and then as the athlete you have to choose a different direction, which is what I did. I chose to – I have to leave and go to New South Wales and and I was probably a little bit too late because Peter Neville got himself in there and um, was wiki-keeping for them. And and Peter Neville's a Victorian player who sat – who grew up in the, the same setup as myself, and um, he moved to New South Wales and had played a hundred first class games, so did did amazingly well. Yeah. Um, and then that took me over to Adelaide, chasing 
trying to chase that setup where I was going to be in yeah. a team for long enough to to make runs and and put my hand up and yeah for me in Adelaide they decided um, the, the year that I played in South Australia we didn't have a great team so uh, we decided we South Australian cricket decided that I would um, inv- and they would go with the youth and invest in a young kid named Alex Carey yep. who um, is now playing for yep. Australia so. You, you miss it, you get close, but at the same time, it's um, a, a lot of it's hard work, a lot of it's luck, and yeah, I was lucky enough to play in the Prime Minister's 11 game, um, played, yeah, 80, 81-day games and 40 Shield games, and yeah. um, had, a, had a decent career as a weird kid, sure. but yeah, never quite, um, never quite got there with the, uh, with the baggy green. Sure, but but yeah. So, but still, right? I mean, you had you had such a such a you know wonderful career. You know, maybe, and and the other problem is you know there are only so many you know opportunities, and and uh, it also you know take a bit of luck or you know many other factors that we that are beyond our control, right? Uh, you know, which which is uh, <laughs> which are you know really challenging, and also uh, it's and it's also about how you take it, right? You know, you can feel bad about it at the same time, you know, uh, or, you know, you can just, uh, you know, uh, look at the bright side and, and, and uh, move on with other, other, other opportunities, right? And it also, so this also comes to the point of mindset, right? Uh, and, and, you know, which is uh, something that we need uh, a lot of it in, in, in um, cricket. So... And, and and coming to you know mindset part, so there are multiple aspects to it. But one thing that I want to focus on or ask about is the Australian cricketer mindset, right? Because uh, you know in in uh, you know when I was a kid, you know I'm 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 super amazed to see you know Australians being so aggressive uh, and and passionate uh, in the, in the cricket field. So yeah. so is it is it uh, like how how do you how are you trained? You know because and that that's not usual in India. Uh, I think I know Virat Kohli changed the game a little bit for us, but still yeah. that wasn't you know the case in India at all. Like, uh, but I heard you know in some of the Bradley's interviews that you know that's the mindset that you build when you are in you know cricket you know early stage in the clubs and things like that. But but how how is it for you and how how like how do you uh, navigate the space or how you know how do you build uh, that mindset? Yeah, look, I think growing up in Australia, that that is almost the Australian way, and and they talk about it, and they talk about it. It's tough, and it's hard, and it's competitive. Look, we we come from a lot of physical sports in, in Australia. We come from um, Australian rules football and rugby, and um, team like where where guys are hitting each other hard. So a lot of a lot of players have that physical um, built-up tension that they have. And a lot of those best athletes in the growing up, they're good footballers, are also our best cricketers. So when they decide to play cricket, it's almost this built-in um, physical presence that they have on the ground. And I, I agree. I, I think Virat Kohli, for, from an Indian standpoint, plays very much like an Australian. Yeah. And I, I think that's why Australians love him yes. so much, um, is because he... He plays like we we do, and we we see that, and we see that around like, and, and those aggressive guys that you ask any Australian if you, like, do you love Virat Kohli? Yes. Do you love um, Ben Stokes? Yes. Do you love Nate, uh, Brendan McCullum? Like yes. Like they they all play with that type of um, chest yep. out, um, strong. You you know you're in a fight. And I, I think that's the um, that's the way that we just we just grew up, and it's a 
it's, it's a very different cultural mix to, as you said, the way that the cricket played generally in India. I think a lot of the skill, the skill players in India um, are incredible. Yep. And you look at the way the Sri Lankans bat and you look at the way that the English yep. play, the English, the English, I think, were verbally beaten up by the Australians for years and yeah, years yeah. and years. And now, now it doesn't happen because it's sort of, there's a bit of a, a shift in the way that they play as well. But um, yeah, I think as an Australian, whether it be right or, like right or wrong or good or bad, I don't know. I think there's times where the Australian cricket team oversteps the line. I think we saw with what happened in Cape Town and what happened at yep. South Africa with the, the guys getting in trouble because they were so fo- ultra-focused on winning that they sort of lost their yep. mind a little bit. Um, but, the, but it's also... Yeah, the, the pros and cons it, of that, it. That, yep. that, yeah, the, the, that is, a, is something that's been built into players since we were eight years wow. old. Um, not, not, and we don't condone what happened. But it's that that soul focused on winning and soul focused on competing that that's where the mindset goes and that's where um, yep. yeah as I said be it right or wrong sometimes our guys overstep the mark when yep. they sledge and they say things and they get in trouble like it's it's um, it's there, there's just yep. it's very interesting it's tell you what's very interesting as well it's interesting coming over here to the US and playing in a team yeah. with um, a lot of Indians, a lot of some Sri Lankans, some South Africans, an Aussie. Yep. Like when you mix the cultures together, you see that the, the great game of cricket is played so yeah. differently in in each continent and each in each country. It's uh, it's a very interesting way in which we're exploring in American cricket at the moment. It's like how what is American cricket because it's a it's a melting pot of cultures know, yeah. that have all learned to play cricket a different way, and it's it's a really interesting uh exactly right you know i think it's going to be super interesting and and also i'm curious to see how it how american cricket evolves over time uh with the mix of such a such a great culture you know mindset and and passion that people come with right um so that's that's interesting uh to observe um but but yeah coming you know coming back to this uh you know mindset part in australia so it's it's very you know incredible that starting you know you just grew up with it right which means that you are passionate all the time in in most of the things you do so which is another reason i think that led to the australian cricket team success for uh for so long you know right because uh, you know if you compare right you know you have like six states we have like what so many states in india and so many players but it took a while for you know indian cricket team to step up and and start competing like aussies do and and um, it it took so much uh, for india to uh, to get you know where we are now but but the fact that you know um i think that's one thing that we can take away from aussies right you know you know for for life in general too you know you have to go chest out you know have to be passionate obviously we have to you know understand you know draw the line of you know overboarding um in certain things but but yeah i think uh, that's that's one takeaway you know being passionate being just you know just going all in and and uh, you know living living the life right uh, the same way uh, so is is it also the same you know in everything that you do i mean obviously the mindset you know you do take that mindset you know outside of cricket uh, and and how how is it yeah yeah i i think i think it is and it's as i said i've been built since i was a teenager to be an elite cricketer so that was sort of what i've known and it's i think if you ask my family i'm very competitive when it comes to 
Yeah, the, the game of Monopoly oh, or nice. table tennis at the backyard with my brother. Like, whatever it is, it, it, it's just something that's built in. We love to compete. Yes. And I think that's um, I think that's where it comes from. That's very much a, an, an Aussie thing. And it's and I think the game of cricket is a skillful game, but there, there is so much that goes yep. into it that that competitive drive. Uh, cricket's, e- cricket's easy when you're a better player than sure, your position. Yep. Cricket's hard when the opposition are a better player than you. But I think what drives Australian cricketers is how do we win even if they're better than us? And and I I think that that's a, that's a, it's a key concept that um, that a lot of people do because I've played in teams and I've played with people that uh, they're a better team than us and oh well, but they should beat us. It's like that doesn't stand the test with that, that. That hurts me. I don't care if, if I was to line up tomorrow against the Australian cricket team, I would still be out there figuring out how to win. And I think that there's there's that type of um, mentality that 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 is sort of ingrained in in a lot of what the a lot of what the guys do. And that's where it's it becomes so hardworking, elite culture that that has been in Australian cricket for probably thirty. 30, 40 years yeah. now. So, so wow, that, that's great, right? Like, how do you, you know, okay, it's sure, you know, if you want to play with kid and win against kid in, in, a, in regular day-to-day, you know, life, you can, you know, you can win any day, but how can you, you know, beat a person uh, in, in a game or, you know, somewhere else, you know, who is better than you? And, and uh, but, but what, when it comes to cricket and uh, when it uh, comes to the competitive, you know, uh, nature of this, right? Like, how do you think, you know, we can strategize and and beat the opposition, you know, if they, even though if they're so good at it. And for example, if you take a cricket of, you know, competing against Australian team, and if you, I know you still want, and I'm sure uh, you'll feel, figure out a ways to beat those, uh, you know, uh, with the cricket team. But how do you, uh, how do you think you will get started on it? You know, um, what is the mindset and what is the strategy that you'll go with? Yeah, and a lot, a lot of this comes back to, I guess, just having, have, making sure that your game plan is based around your your skills mm-hmm. um, and the best skills that you do and the best way that you can play. Um, in Australia, as much as we are competitive and we compete against the opposition, a, a lot of it is, can, there is almost sometimes this fake, false, stick your chest out, we're bigger and better than these guys. It, it, sometimes it's almost fake it until you make it type of um, feeling around. It's it's a hard one because you have to worry about yourself before anything else. Mm-hmm. But then once you, you have yourself under control, that's when you take your, your mindset goes for the opposition. Um, and that's one thing that, that is, I think Australian cricketers do very well is they – David Warner, and I say this often, David Warner – is the best player in the world because he thinks he's the best player in the world. Hmm. Glenn Maxwell is the best player in the world because he thinks he's the best player in the world. Virat Kohli is the best player in the world because Virat thinks he's the best player. Like these guys at the elite level, they all have this amazing ability to have confidence in themselves. And if you don't have that, when you play against somebody like that, they will see that you don't have it and then they will eliminate that. And, and they will make sure that they, they find your weak point. So that's why when you have to, and, and it's not even an alpha male thing or an alpha thing. It's a like Kane Williamson, I don't think is an, an alpha male outwardly um, 
over-the-top type of guy. But he, I'm sure, he thinks he's the best player in the world, and I think he probably yep. is. Joe Root, the same. That The way they play doesn't need to be that Australian chest-out way that you have to be, but that they're inside their mind. They would be going in knowing and thinking that they're the best player in the world. And that's, that's I think, the difference between a great player and a very good player, is that these guys have the ultimate confidence. I was lucky enough to to come through the system with Aaron Finch, yep. who's now gone on to, to captain World Cups and to captain Australia um, to play with Glenn Maxwell, two guys that if you went back to their formative years, every single person tried to change the way they play. Yep. But both of those guys in Finch and Maxwell stuck to what they knew. They they knew they were going to be the best player in the world. They knew they were going to have, they had something special. If those two listened to everybody else, they would never have become what Aaron Finch and Glenn Maxwell are today. Sure. And I think that's a, it's a huge lesson that I, I look at. And I think amazing mental strength from these, these guys to be able to know what they do well, to back themselves in and to keep getting better and working on their own game rather than conforming back to get your elbow up and put your foot yeah, to the wall yeah. is what we're, what we're all taught. Right. And that's, it, it's a big thing like cricket, and the game of cricket is a skill-based game, but the biggest skill is your mental strength, and that and that's where the best players in the world have it over um, the guys who are, are, are a middle-ranked player. And I think that's the that, that's yeah, a huge right. lesson. Wow, uh, that's such, such a great insight. Uh, thanks for sharing this, Adam. So. I mean, the the takeaway here is, you know, you need to, you know, believe in yourself and it's not easy, right? Because when you are particularly, you know, competing against, you know, best of the best, and then if you have to believe that, you know, you are good at it, you know, it takes a lot of mindset and obviously skill skill plays a role. But if you don't believe in yourself or, you know, if you're not backing up yourself, uh, that's when the, you know, people pierce through, you know, your, your, your career in a way, I guess. So... I, and I, I think if you if you take that one step further, if you look at all of the best, if you look at the best team in the world, whatever that, whatever time of that is, whether it be the Indian cricket team, whether it be the English cricket team, whether it be all, all like the Australian team, New Zealand Test champions, if you looked at every team that was the best in the world, I could almost guarantee you that eleven of those players that are in that team all thought that they were the most important player in that game. There was no passengers in those teams. Like, they're, they're all, they're, they all think that they're going to make an impact in the match. They all understand when it's their opportunity to make an impact and it's their time to um, to take the game on, and they, they want that. They want that. Like, if you're batting at six, you want, them to, you want the top order to fail. There's a part of you that wants the top order to fail to make sure that you get a bat. It's you want the ball in your hand. Like Glenn McGrath, Brett Lee, Jason Gillespie, Shane Warne, when we had that that group, every single one of them thought they were going to take every single wicket. And, and that it was that mindset of a champion team that within a cricket world, the best teams have 11 guys that think they're the best player. So just like it's a, an individual mindset, it's also a team Yeah, mindset. wow, sure. So, uh, you know, that's, that's when you can believe as a team and, and, and win as a team. 
i think you know i think this is such a great lesson that it's you know it's not just helpful you know within a game of cricket or you know any sport but it's also for how we work in it or uh, you know everything that we do as a team right you know every team member should understand you know they they are do you know they are the best and they have a role to play and they also should believe that you know we can collectively win as a team and they also want to win as a team it's not that you know winning for the sake of winning they have to have the passion of winning um as a team yeah. um uh, wow such such a um but and, huh? and this is the thing these lessons within cricket that we which is a game we all love they directly correlate within the business world within any community group that yep. you're in that that it's a cricket team is no good when people are looking over their shoulder worried about what the other guys saying just like a business is no good when people are trying to to knife each other in the back, they're trying to look for a different yep. promotion. That, 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 that's the, it's a never a good environment that's going to be a long-term um, sure. success. Long-term success in team cultures is when everybody's pushing towards an ultimate goal. And that's where egos play a big yep. part. E- e- ego, you have to be able to check your ego for the betterment of the team. And whether that be at business, be it your family, yep. be it your friends, be it cricket, if you can understand that you need to be the best, but you also trust in the people you're with to be the best, yep. um, then then you can do some amazing things. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking over your shoulder, worried about what what James is doing that way and what Robert's doing there and Emily's doing in the back and you, you don't trust people and you don't work towards yep. a common goal, um, team sport and team culture just doesn't, doesn't work. Exactly, like right. Yeah, uh, I, I second that, and and uh, I think you know these are these are some of the learnings that I'll you know cautiously embed into my life because you know in a way if you think about it you know everyone thinks that okay these are you know pretty basic rules, but you know ingraining them into everyday life is you know such a such a you know uh, typical task and and uh, it's it's not an easy one to um, uh, you know you know adapt in day to day life as well. I think I think these are the things that we should constantly keep in mind and and work for you know for to improve uh, you know and to improve the culture of the team or you know the business or you know to to play a role in any community that that you are you are particularly in uh, again and I, th- and, I th- and I think it's yep. any role so any role that you have if you're playing a role you have to play that role to the best yep. of your ability not to just think I'm playing a role and oh, it's okay because this guy will do it or that lady will do it or this girl will do it or that guy. Like, if you think yep. like that, you're, you're hurting yep. the team. And that, that's where it becomes, that that's where, I guess, accountability um, to your team and to your teammates is, is huge. True, I agree. Uh, and and if, I, if, you know, if I look back, you know, I can immediately sense that, sense that you know, or, you know, I can immediately re- recollect the things, you know, where I have been, you know, like that in most of the games, you know, even in cricket games, right? I haven't been, you know, with that, I haven't played with that mindset for, for long, you know, I played, you know, passionately for certain teams, but when it comes to, or when I change the places or when I switch teams, you know, it hasn't been the same, uh, but, but I think, you know, it's for, uh, it's a, it's a lesson for me that I need to go with this mindset, you know, no matter, you know, what I'm doing or where I'm going and whom I'm playing for, right? I need to go there uh, with the mindset and, and uh, you know, give my best and, you know, work with others to give their best, uh, or, or, you know, for, for my culture. Um, uh, I think I think I, I need to yeah. start doing that in more of, you know, my cricketing career as well, which hasn't been great lately, by the way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> 
you know uh, thanks for that and and i also want to i uh, ask you another thing right for example you know the exa- you know um, you were you were referring to uh, maxwell and and aaron finch you know they you know they know that they are the best and you know um, if they, I, i agree that you know if they probably listen to someone else you know they obviously want you know maxwell to be you know to be able to defend as well and he he knows that you know he mm-hmm. uh, whenever needed right you know sehwag you know they they just can't play for the team i mean they play for the team but you know they cannot you know you cannot just go and ask them to be to defend or you know to change the nature of the game which which again um yeah. is, <laughs> is it doesn't work that way but if when you are having an off season right if you are not going you know if you are not score if you are not able to score or if you are if you are uh, having bad streak of you know games so i think you know you'll probably start questioning yourself right or you know am i no good or do i really need to change my strategy or uh, you know how do i continue to you know still build on my strength and how do you how do i work for that particular strength or you know how do i still believe in myself yeah and i i think that that comes back to what you're looking at if you look at the results mm-hmm. and you only look at the results then you're in trouble whereas and that's where your training and your practice um they're, they're the most important that's why the best players in the world are, are usually when you speak to people the best trainers in the world because they train and that even when they make 100 they get back in the nets and they're still working even when they make five ducks in a row they're, they're back in the nets and they're still working and yes there's a lot of mental courage that that comes with that to be able to stay to be able to analyze what you're doing right what you're doing wrong make the correct adjustments but what i think what happens is people make three ducks in a row then they walk out thinking they're going to make the fourth whereas the best players in the world have the attitude if i've made three ducks in a row and i average 50 that means that i'm due to make 200 today like their their mindset just works in a different way that that is always in a positive that is usually in a positive manner some people use negativity which is grab ones i've worked with and that i see use positivity as a way so like, okay law of averages if i average 50 i've made three ducks in a row i must make 200 like this is the the way that they think and they but they work but they also don't they don't con- they don't concern themselves with the result mm. as much they they just they, they stick to the process of i know what i need to do if 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 you need a bat through a day you, you need to you need to get through your first ball you need to get off the mark you need yep. to get the drinks you need to get to lunch then you start oh. again then you get to you get off the mark and then you get through your first over and then you get to drinks and then you get to tea it, it, it's a continual tick tick box to make sure that you're doing the right things from a process point of view rather than walking out thinking that I'm going to make 100 today or I'm going to take 5 for today the, the people that worry about the result especially yep. if you're a bowler because a bowler actually really realistically a lot of the time has no can't once once he lets the ball go he can't yep. do anything else so it's the results don't actually you've got to stay to the process like you've got to build pressure and you've got to put the ball in the right place to take wickets but you can't nick the ball for the as a bowler you can't nick yep. it or miss it you have to play the game and that's i think there's so many people get so wound up in the result that they miss the process and when the process isn't going right it's the same thing in business if you want to make a lot of money you can't just say i want to make a lot of money yep. and it happen you need to start building step by step by step and continue to build step by step by step 
and that's where the business and the yep. sport world um, have a lot of sure, yeah. So I think I think that still again falls back to the mindset. But again, the other point here is, you know, what is the process that you have in place? You know, even if you're not doing well, you st- you're still following the process and you know trust on the process that you will do you know, a lot better, you know, you will make up for all these ducks or, you know, you make up for all these losses, you know, one day, right? Uh, so I think that is still the mindset, but, you know, building the process that trains you the same uh, way every day, I think is also the key here, right? Yeah, exactly. It's that, it's that point that whether I make a hundred or I make a duck, that I still follow the same process. I still follow, I'm still working on my game. I'm still trying to get better. I'm still training the way that I want to train because that, that because yeah. that's the key. So that the key to being good isn't actually the result. It isn't, yeah, like, because some days you walk out and the guy bowls an amazing ball and you just happen to nick it and you've done nothing wrong and you're out. Some days yep. you might get run out. You might get some, it, the, the result doesn't matter. It's the process of how you yep. get to that result. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Wow. Um, such a great insight again. Uh, thanks, Adam. Um, so, you know, I also want to take a little bit of step back and, and ask you these questions, right? For example, you know, you see a lot of being cricket played in you know US lately and, you know, not, not every, you know, not, it's not always a professional cricket. You know, I, I play for fun, you know, but I also want to play the sport of cricket, right? And, and uh, you know, there are so many people like, people like me in US and, you know, even in India, like in all over the world that uh, even if we are not playing professional, we go with such a passion that, hey, I need to, you know, do better today and, and uh, want to win the game or, or uh, learn something new, right? But we, I think we, yes. you know, more, based on what I've seen, uh, you know, I'll just take my example, right? Not, no, I won't speak for, you know, everyone else, but I'm sure this is a scenario for most of the people. You know, when we go to practice, right, I think um, I, I go with the mind, you know, I just don't have, a, you know, set up a plan that, hey, I need to practice, you know, this one, that one or something. I think I just go practice and come back. I go again, you know, and do the same thing again. But here, I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if I look back, right, I don't think I've been very tactful on what I need to work on. You know, I don't think I have built the process of, hey, this is what I'm going to do today because, you know, I, you know, I'm not getting my line or length right. You know, this is how I need to work on. So how, you know, uh, or how important yeah. is it to have a focused practice versus, you know, just going there and playing for fun or things like that. So if, particularly if I want to improve my game. Uh, you know, as as a non you know professional elite, uh, non professional cricketer, or you know just for you no know, just for uh, everyday cricket, right? Like, but what are the what are yeah. your recommendations as a coach for me? Yeah, look, I think one thing that preparation takes no skill, and I think that that's the, that's the bit like it takes an understanding. Of, I want to prepare because, as you say, sometimes and we all do it and you just roll into cricket training and you get your shoes on and you bowl and you bat and you, you get to the end and you go, I've done nothing. Whereas it doesn't take much to sit. You sit in your car for five minutes when you get to training. I've got a, I've got a notepad that sits in my cricket bag that I, that I write notes in. Where is it? It's just here somewhere. Hmm. I can get it for you. This is, this is my notepad, Mm -hmm. my cricket notepad that sitting in propping up my computer at the moment. But it's um, that notepad is what I use to write down how I'm feeling, how I'm going, what I'm working on, what I need to work on, what I'm doing well, what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Nobody else sees it. Like my wife, my wife could pick that notebook up, notebook up, and she wouldn't know what's yeah. what it means. Nobody yeah. would know what it means except me. And it's it's actually taking the time to write it down, write down goals. I'm a big goal setter uh, before a season. 
tick them off. And if, if, you, if you're a long way from them or they're too easy, realign your goals. And, and I think that it's that goal setting. It's that, hey, sit down and prepare. I'm going to work today on my outswinger. I'm gonna, all I'm going to do today is hit a line and length. All I'm going to do today is bowl. I want to work on my, my slower ball. I want to work on my cover drop. Whatever it is, we, you've got to go to training with a purpose. If you don't go to training with a purpose, you may yeah. as well not train because you, all you're doing is running around and you're not, you're not actually improving, and you're probably doing more damage to, you, to your cricket rather than, rather sure. than helping. So plan, planning takes no skill. Ricky Ponning was the best player, but he planned yeah. everything. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't prepare as well as Ricky Ponting did. Sure, you're not going to bat the nets for as long because you don't have the time, but sitting there preparing for what you want to get good at takes takes yep. zero skill. And um, and speaking to your captain, speaking to your senior players, speaking to your teammates about, hey, and I think these are the hard conversations to have with your teammates and with your coaching staff is, is asking those people, putting yourself out there, what do I yep. need to do to improve? What do I do well? What do I do bad? If you don't know yourself what you do well and what you don't, then then you've got an issue as well. So asking your teammates what they think. Like if you're a batsman, if you're a batsman, ask the bowler how they think they're going to get you out. If you're a bowler, ask the batsman what are you like? What are you waiting for? What are you looking at? And I think that we don't do that enough yeah. in cricket. We don't speak about the the good and the bad about our teammates yep. and with them in in but with the idea that I'm trying to yep. help. Sometimes we, we jokingly in a cricket team will always give the negative, but it's in a joking, jovial, yep. funny way. But those conversations also need to happen seriously and for good reason. And, and I think when you get a culture and a group that can do that, then you have a team that has, that has success. The, the best teams I've ever played in are the ones that were ruthlessly yep. honest with each other but also yep. cared about each other. Like I could walk up to someone and say, I don't think you're playing well. I, I think you're being selfish. I think you're, you're not hitting the ball over mid on very well. Like, and then giving them, but then also being there to help them and work with them. It's not throwaway comment after yep. throwaway comment. So planning with a purpose is, is key because if you don't, you, you may as well, like you probably sure. heard yeah, I think uh, I can I can totally see why that is the case and why it hurts the cricket because it's also you know not not, not it, a lot of waste of time for for ourselves and for the team as well right because if you go without a purpose and if you train you're also probably taking someone else's time or probably not you know giving your best uh, or bowling your best to yeah. you know cricketers who want to you know who came with a purpose right. Um, but but here I think it it's also the process of practice and process that you need to put in place. Hey, what is the purpose? Uh, and I like your strategy of goals, right? So, you know, setting some goals before the season and make sure you took tick those off, you know, and go with the purpose to nets uh, and and you know start uh, starting uh, you know speaking to the people, uh, you know, or you know finding a way to get you know good guidance or resources. I think you know all all these uh, will definitely uh, play a role. Um, well, um, so I, I'll take I'll take these uh, with me, and, uh, and hopefully I know for the rest of the season I'll see how the, how that goes for me. Uh, thank thanks again, uh, Adam. So you know I know um, we are at time. Uh, do you have a few more minutes to talk, or like how how is the schedule like? I have a few more minutes. I do, I do. So you know also you know since we are talking about the process, you know. Um, skill and, and the mindset you know so what are what are all the factors that can make you know that 
So that makes one, a, you know, a good cricket player or the best cricket player, right? You know, I, mindset, strategy, you know, or the fitness obviously plays a key role. So if I want to, you know, focus on, you know, top three or, you know, four of these you know, things. Uh, so what, what are your recommendations on it? Look, my recommendation mm-hmm. is everything. Um, it's, it's find, find what you're not good at and sure. improve that. Find what you are good at and keep improving that. I, I think it's, there's, cricket should, in my opinion, cricket's a never ending um, yep. continuum. Sometimes, most of the time we go, okay, it's one season and then we start again. It's one yep. season and we start again. It should be, I'm getting better. I'm 37 years old and I'm still trying to work on my forward defense. Like, and I've been doing this for 20 years at, a, at an elite level and it's, you and until you stop playing and that's when I, that's when I know that I'll stop playing is when I'm, I've stopped trying to get better. Um, and I'm not going to play for Australia, but I'm just playing to play with my teammates. And I know that to be a good teammate, I need to work on my game. So it's finding that it's finding out, Hey, I need to be fitter. I need to, I need to be faster. I need to stretch more. I need to work on my defense. I need to work on my attack. I need to work on my sink, whatever it is. It just needs, that's where you sit down and you plan. You write in your book, you put your goals for the year. Um, sure, sometimes if you're a little bit overweight, that exercise is something that you need to put extra okay. time into. We all know this when we actually sit down yep. and do it. And that's the, that's the thing about every individual. You'd know if you're critically looking at it yourself, you know where, you know where you're good yeah. and you know where you're bad. Um, and then that's, that's about... <laughs> yeah. Being a most most people will only ever play cricket or improve the things that they're good at, rather than worrying about the things that they're not as good. They almost yep. try and hide that. But the best players, and the best players I've ever played with, they knew exactly where they were no good, and they would try and get better at it. But that they would never shy away from. You know what? I don't cut yep. the ball very well, and I, and that that's actually one for me. I've never cut the ball very well. I don't particularly cover drive very well. I've made a lot of runs in my career, but I haven't hit a lot of balls through the offside. And that's and, I, and that's worked for me because I've based my game around it. But I'm always continuing to try and figure out how to play yeah. a better cut shot. But Cool, um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, being honest. Exactly. So being honest and, and I know really being critical and, and uh, uh, critical yourself, uh, you know, just so that we really understand, you know, what we need to improve on. I think, I think everyone in a way knows it, but you know, um, not, not everyone, you know, or, or, you know, maybe we haven't built the process around, you know, how we, you know, take those into the action and, you know, how do we, you know, improve uh, over time. Right. You know, we, and and that's a lot of time just having conversations with your senior people and having conversations with your coach and having conversations with people that know your game and usually your teammates are the best. Uh, And, and yeah, I think because since we play with them, you know, with the current team, right, because particularly, you know, they have seen you for like what in the past three months and they're like, okay, this is what you are good at and yeah. this is not what, not what you are good at. But particularly, which is which also conveys our current form, right? Because, you know, if I played cover drive, you know, before yeah. five years, very well. And if I'm not doing it now, you know, I cannot just still go with the assumption that I'm the best. I, I'm very good at cover drive because, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I just lost, lost it and I again need to work on, right? Cool. So, and, and, you know, I also yeah. want to deviate here a little bit and, and ask about, 
the age factor here. You know, for example, if you look at uh, you know my, many minor league players here, uh, you know they're you know I mean like like later late uh, you know late twenties, uh, you know, you know early early thirties and all. So, and I know, you know, a couple of people who, you know, who are even the late, you know, if they still want to go all in and give it a shot, you know, we don't know what, you know, whether it's, that's even possible, you know, be it to the, you know, national cricket team or uh, in US uh, or maybe, you know, maybe some first class cricket, you know, in somewhere else, um, you know, in India or in somewhere, just wherever it is, right? So, because, because typically, right, and if you're, uh, I think the best time to... Um, get into the team is, you know, if you're, if you're early, you know, like yourself, right? Like 17s or tw- early twenties, but if you are, so, but can people still go and try now or like, uh, you know, if, because if you're spending so much time on the professional cricket, you're also losing out on some of the best opportunities out there, you know, maybe working in a company or yeah. you know, losing, you know, maybe working and you know, missing a promo on, in a company or, you know, there's so many other things that we mi- mi- might miss on. So what do you think is the, is the best age or do, what, yeah. what's your recommendation for, for such uh, passionate people? Yeah, my, my recommendation is to, to do what you're passionate about. If you still want to play cricket at the highest level you can, I don't think that's for me or for you to tell sure. them not to. Um, definitely as an individual, you have to weigh up, hey, what's going on? Like, Do I think I'm going to play test cricket for Australia? Probably not. But am I still training? And if they rang, if the phone rang tomorrow, would I be ready? Probably. But I think you need to make decisions in your life that that works with what you're wanting to do. So um, I don't like putting age brackets on things because I think sometimes, in my case, I think yep. I was picked too early. Um, other times, I think we've got rid of players just sure. because they're a bit older. And there's in Australia, we have a bad, bad um systemic issue about that all sure. you want to do is pick the young player even when this player has put 10 15 years into becoming a really good player they might become a really good player at but, 30 what then what happens it's but you, you are right from a um a situation you need to weigh up and i think every individual has to weigh that up at what stage and what time for them and their life sure, that, yeah, that yeah no makes sense i mean um it's, there is no generic answer because, for example, if you look at Pravin Tambe, uh, he got into IPL team, you know, in late, late, like uh, late, uh, like thirties. So there is no uh, way. But exactly. I think uh, one other uh, thing, I, you know, if I can think of, right? Uh, maybe uh, you know, here setting the purpose and process. For example, okay, if you're in mid twenties or late twenties, okay, maybe you know, can you play to the national side of you know in US or maybe in maybe in just Seattle or or you know what is the I think setting up a goal, the realistic goal and maybe working yeah. towards is is a way to go about it, right? Because even if it's not possible, but if even if if you just think that that's that's a possibility, I think that's uh, you know where yeah. you can just set a goal. And we and we've got to we've got to remember as well. This is a game, and this is a game that we we all love and we all enjoy, and like. I don't think that there should come a time where you necessarily say, sure. I'm not going to play anymore. Like, if that was the case, look, I'm 37 yeah. and I still love playing the game. Um, full well knowing yeah. that I'll never play for Australia. But that doesn't stop me enjoying the game, enjoying my weekend. And I, and I think be, becoming a coach is, um, yeah. is showing me that. That it's like, hey, it's not up for anybody to tell you in, as an individual yeah. you can't do something. Um 
and, and you're well within your rights to chase any dream that you want. As you said, there's there's many, many stories of people in their late 30s and their 40s going out yep. and playing international cricket um, or IPL or the Big Bash. Oh, the bang, happens, right? yeah. happens all the time. But if, if, the, if the number ones, if, if you just want to get to the Microsoft Greens first 11 team and that's your, that's your goal, that's your goal, and that and that's and that's what makes you happy, and that's what cricket does, and I think that's what's true. Exactly, cool. and and maybe you know setting some incremental goals, you know maybe uh, to you know maybe minor league team or maybe some other teams around us, uh, and and working for it. Uh, but yeah, I think I, this is where the you know a lot of passion, you know, you know enjoying the game, uh, and and uh, you know uh, all the, all this history comes up, right? Um, our love and hate relationship with cricket. So I think yeah, it's it's up to individual, but but yeah, just want to understand uh, you know your thoughts here. Um, but and and when it comes to kids, right? Okay, you know we spoke about you know mid twenties or like mid thirties, and that's for you know um, that's that's a different uh, you know sort of perspective. But when it comes to kids, for example, you know there are many people in the US uh, who train kids in the early stage. So and and. Uh, so what do you think is the right age for kids to you know get started with cricket you know and and what is that parents should keep in mind you know about uh, you know training the kids and and uh, uh, you know le- you know mentoring and guiding them in the process of you know becoming a professional cricket you know what is a what are a few things that uh, people you know need to keep in mind particular parents it's sort of exactly it continues on from what i was saying in regards to what age should we stop it's what I should just, you, you, we just need to get these people to love, like these kids to love the game and to play the game. You want, you don't want to technically um, hinder everything. You don't want to make it put your foot here and put your elbow up and do this, especially at a young age, probably sort of just a young, anywhere between six and 12. You just want them hitting the ball, bowling the ball, having fun. Um, later in later in that 12, 13, 14-year-olds, you can start to get a little bit more technical. But at the same time, you don't want to – you don't want to – every cricketer has a natural instinct of the way they want to play. Every player, every person hits the ball a different way. You want to make sure that instinctively we, we keep that in them. Too many coaches try and coach yeah. that out of players. If someone bowls a bit different or they do whatever, they try and coach it out of them. And, I, and I'm not sure that that's a great thing, but – my my advice for parents and for for, to, for young kids is to let them enjoy the game, um, let them hit the ball, let them feel what it's like to hit yeah. one over mid wicket. I know that when I was growing up, that I was never allowed to hit one over mid wicket because you had to play in the V. Yeah. But um, that would be my that, that's my advice is just enjoy the game. Um, the, the technique can come later. Um, if if you love the game and you Everything. enjoy the game, then it's a, it's a much sure, easier yeah, game. Sure, no, that makes sense. So it's not about you know setting the rules or you know find you know setting targets for kids. You know, my, finding a way to uh, yeah. or you know helping them. You know, a way to you know uh, get get help. You know, getting them to love the game and you know be passionate about it, and everything will fall yeah. together from from the standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not there's nothing better there's nothing better than watching a ten year old hit the stumps yeah. for the first time. Oh, there's nothing better than watching a nine-year-old girl hit a four yep. for the first time. That, that that to me is is some of the best parts about cricket, and that's and we all have that feeling of when we've hit a boundary or we've hit our we've we've bowled our first person, and it's and that's and that's just about especially in America and especially with some of the young kids that don't have it around everywhere. 
I think it's really important that they, these kids just try the game. They enjoy the game. They have fun playing the game. And um, yeah, that's all we exactly. really hope for. Uh, that, that's, that's good. good. Uh, yeah, that's a good uh, session for parents and and uh, you know how we how we look at the game as well. It's not about you know what you want to achieve or something. Are you are you really enjoying the game or are you really passionate about it? You know, playing it you know uh, every weekend or or whenever you get a chance, right? Cool. Uh, th- thanks for that. So yeah. you know we we spoke about you know um, some of the you know taking some of cricket skills into life and all the stuff, right? So and 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 I, I think okay uh, the professional. balancing the professional cricket with the side works or the side jobs you know just to you know uh, in, in income or you know maybe having a side business to make sure you know for whatever the reason it is right so how what are the lessons in your life that you have taken from cricket and you know applying to your business right i know you are uh, you have your own uh, startup and ca- by the way congrats on that and and uh, how did you uh, manage you know you. i know you worked as a sales uh, you know representative uh, and i'm not sure whether that's a correct title but i know you were in sales and then uh, worked for multiple mm-hmm. companies and you know started your own company so so how while you're playing professional cricket you know how do you balance these two things you know for example i know most of the people who play and still have a job you know which is toxic uh, you know which is taxing you know and and also toxic sometimes so how do you balance all these out and what are the lessons that you <laughs> uh take um from cricket and you know how do you apply there and what what is that that you have done you know to balance this out yeah look i think that i've been very lucky to to start up a um a marketing company sort of whilst still being involved in cricket um i must admit that my my wife is the brains nice. behind most of it but it's yeah there's a lot of things um in cricket that i've learned that has actually helped me in the business world and with um with setting up a team and setting up a group for um in the business world there's a lot of things that are very similar in regards to um how people feel how um are people mentally tough are they are people upset at home and is that affecting their work life it's a there's a lot of things that you see within cricket that that is very relatable with uh within business so um I think when I first started the business I tried to steer away from my cricket mentality. Mm-hmm. But now I've come back around full circle and understanding that there's a lot of things that I've learned through cricket and dealing with people that is really beneficial within um within the company and within uh what we're doing which is helping um other businesses with their mm-hmm. with their marketing um uh, and with their needs which is a great business that we love because we're here helping other people doing a business that, that they love. um so it's a bit of a win win from yeah. our from our side so we um yeah we we love it and the the balance with cricket is just about like any balance in life like if you've got too much of one thing um other things um are affected and they hurt so finding that balance in life is is huge and making sure you've got enough time with family i've just got a i've got a brand new baby daughter and make sure that I've still got time for her and I'm not spending my whole life at cricket or in in front of a computer working. So um there's that balance of of making sure that you that you get it. because again just like if we're all honest with ourselves with our cricket we're all honest with ourselves yeah. when we know we're working too much or we know that we're not working enough. Like there's both ways and there's and if we're if we sit down and we're honest with ourselves we know 
Yeah. You know where you are. Whether, whether we are spending more time than we should in, in particular area or maybe we are not spending in particular area. I think, uh, yeah, uh, again, it, it goes back to being honest and, uh, being realistic about ourselves, um, which also, uh, you know, which is what happened. I mean, which is what we, uh, should do in, in game of cricket as well. Right. And, and, uh, just curious to know a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, your marketing, uh, uh, the company, right? So what, what do you guys do? And, and, uh, you know, it's good that you are, you know, following the cricket strategy of, you know, building a team of passionate people and then, you know, helping them, you know, making sure that they understand the role, you know, they make sure that they are the team uh, and they should win as a team. And, uh, and particularly when, you know, helping other clients, you know, we, now they are part of the, you know, we, now we are part of their team and we all should win as a team. I think that's one of the strategy that, uh, you know, any, any, you know, probably, I mean, anyone would take and particularly, uh, you know, business in the consulting world, right? So what do you, what do you guys do? And then how are you using that strategy to help, to help other clients? Yeah. So, so, so we're a full scale marketing agency. I think the best way to, to put it is, um, yeah, I guess my, my sales pitch is don't, don't hire a marketer, hire an agency. Um, and yeah, it's one of the things that we, we go around and I guess my job is to try and find the best people, yeah. just like I have in cricket teams. It's, I want the best people in a cricket team. I need an off spinner. I need a leg spinner. I need a fast bowler. I need a graphic designer. I need a marketer. Yeah. So, so the, what we do is we build teams so, and that's, um, and that's what I'm really passionate about. Uh, we build teams that can help businesses um, that can help in that, in that one part of the business, which is, to really show off and one of our one of our girls talks about it that we write the storybook for your business and that's yep. that's what we do we make it we make it look amazing and we, we showcase it to to the world about how amazing your business is and that's that's what we do and that's what those guys are really good at now i'm not very good at it i can't i'm not a great marketer i'm i'm no good on, no good on photoshop or on canva so um i stay away from it but the, the team that we build are, are very good at that. So it's just balancing, balancing that. And that's a lot of the stuff that I've learned in cricket. Um, you need diversity, you need diverse people, you need um, male and female and old and young and um, from the left side of the world to the right side yeah, of the world, the north uh, and the south. Like it's, uh, um, you need that diversity in, in your business, just like you need it in your cricket nice. team. So um, yeah, that's a, that's sort of the, the lessons that we've learned and that we we drive within a business world as just as like I do in, yeah, the, in that, the cricket that's, world. Yeah, so that's really great a, way to look at it, right? You know, understand you know who are the people that you need, uh, and and you know find a way to hire the best so that you know you so that they do the best job for other other clients and customers, and and it's a win win for uh, everyone. Like like you said, right? Uh, that's great, and uh, I and I wish you all the all the very best with with your uh, startup, and and I hope you get more more and more clients. And, and, uh, you know, just want to, uh, Thank yeah. you, mate. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, so I just want to st- take a little bit of step back here. Uh, and, and I know, uh, just want to understand, uh, I think, I think, you know, we are at time and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make, uh, try to wrap up, you know, last these things, um, in, in the next few minutes. Uh, so, so <laughs> if, you know, if you go back and, you know, you know, look at your anger self, right. What is one thing that you would, uh, you know, advise you would what what would you advise to your younger self yeah the, the advice to my younger self would really be to not listen to the negativity is to just focus on what you're doing um focus on getting better um i think 
as a probably early twenties, I was I was nervous about what people thought. I was nervous about where I was in life and how I was going. If I could tell the twenty one year old me, it would just be relax, yep. keep getting better, um, and just concentrate on yourself. Um, and, and I think that if I did that, I'm not sure where my career would have ended up or where life ended up. Look, I don't think I've ended up in a bad position, but um, I think going back it would have served me a lot better and my mental mm. health a lot better that if I just relaxed, um, enjoyed the game, enjoyed life. Um, I think I let the game dictate my life for a few years there, whereas now it's I understand that it's a game yep. and yep. it's a it's a process. Like the, the stuff I said today on this podcast is – not because I'm, I've been like that for my whole life. I've been the total opposite a lot of the time in my career, and that's why I think my coaching helps a lot, a lot of kids because yeah. I've made all the mistakes that these these young athletes are making, and I've felt the way that they're feeling. And um, But then I've also come out the other side of yeah. it. So um, that's a lot of where my philosophies in cricket come from. And watching, I, I watch players and careers and um, people that I've – been involved with and I, and I watch the way they go about it and I'm very detail oriented when I, yeah. in regards to that. So understanding and, and feeling that is probably, is probably the thing that I'd tell my, my younger self is just awesome. relax yeah, and just that, keep getting uh, I'll, I'll, I think that can be applicable in, you know, in a various aspects of life, but I hope, you know, many, many, you know, people, you know, who listens to this podcast, you know, takes, understands it and, and takes it really seriously so that, you know, um, they focus on what we, uh, what they really need to focus on, right? Okay, so one last question. Um, so, and then we move on to a rapid fire round. So, can you help us learn something in two minutes, uh, you know, that took so long for you to learn? I know you you, say, you already said some of the lessons, but just, you know, can you, can you sum it up or wrap it up in two minutes? Yeah, uh, yeah I think... Um, yeah, anything, wise, anything, anything in life uh, in general. Um, yeah, look, I, I think I've spoken enough about mindset and about, yeah, relax and just keep getting better. But um, I think if we take this back from a cricket podcast, I think one of the one of the sides, one of the things that took me so long in regards to my batting was I was so worried about where my bat was, where my feet were, where my hands were, when I think everything about batting, the more I get into it, is all it comes down to balance. If you can keep your head on top of your body and be balanced, batting becomes 50 times easier. Too many people have, if we talk about our batting stance, we have our feet pointed towards point, correct? And every single cricketer in the world follows the angle of their feet. So we point our feet to point, everybody falls over to point, if we can balance ourselves and get our head on top of our body and point our foot mm -hmm. towards the bowler, batting becomes a lot easier. So I think there was less oh, than yeah, two that, minutes, but it's a it's a thing that I see with it's a thing that I see with every young cricketer is that we yep. all overbalance towards the offside because our feet are pointing towards yep. the offside. Sure. So um, that way, you know, we get we gain more balance, and you know, we uh, um, gain control over over, over the bat and and uh, do really well. So, yeah, thanks for that. One of the, one of the biggest one of the biggest advantages people in the US have, which is what I found, what I've looked at over the last 
three months being based in, out of the US mm. is baseball. And the balance and the way that baseball baseballers hit the ball mm. is unbelievably good. So the, the balance they have and all they work on is the yep. swing. It's the same with the golfer, their, their balance and their swing. Cricketers is a balance and a swing game, but we, we hardly work on it. And that's that's an issue that good. I think yeah. needs to, uh, to happen. Th- thanks for sharing that. Uh, I'm sure uh, many people, you know, we uh, would probably, you know, who listens to this, you know, would, would question, you know, what, where they're at and, and hope to, you know, uh, really focus on it more and then pay more attention to it, I guess. Cool. So now, you know, to last a few okay. questions, you know, uh, which are rapid fire questions. So we don't have to spend like another half an hour here. Even though I would like to, I, you know, I, I, and I have to be cautious <laughs> of your time. So, okay. Uh, are you ready for it? Cool. So I'm good. Who, who is, who is, uh, I start with the basic one. Who is your, who is your favorite cricketer? And who is uh, your favorite Indian cricketer? So, what, what is your uh, favorite cricket innings by a non-Aussie? By a non-Aussie? I watched Graham Smith make 200 against England one day. I think I took the day off school. or I was sick and I watched it on TV and I saw him make 200. I'm not sure what ground it was, but it was in a series. Oh. And I think he made back-to-back 200s. But I remember watching it thinking, this guy has just figured out cricket. And I was only, I would have only been in my early twenties, I think. Uh, just to let you know, you know, one of the favorite you know cricket innings that I watched in person is yours. Uh, you know, when you played uh, before before a few weeks uh, for so many reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I will just move on with this. <laughs> so yeah, who is who is your uh, favorite you, celebrity crush? Celebrity crush. Um, this is going back, but Charlie's the wrong. <laughs> my wife's in the other room she probably heard okay. that so, uh, I, see, uh, I don't know uh, but yeah I'll, I'll look up her um, cool so Italian, uh, the Italian job look, cool. up, look the movie up she's, I'll, she's I'll, great I'll do a quick search but yeah so who would you pick to bat and bowl for your life um to I think, and again, this is probably a Victorian-based thing, but I think to bat for my life would be Brad Hodge, mm-hmm. one of my favourite cricketers of all time, uh, and to bowl for my life yeah, would have yeah. been Shane. And and what's your uh, favourite non-cricket thing to do? Um, I'm a oh, okay. I'm a basketball tragic actually. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a. I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan, so when I'm not uh, watching and looking at cricket, I'm probably following ESPN and all the trade rumors that nice. happen in, okay. the, in the basketball world. Thank those are those are five questions, and and again, um, thanks a lot for you know being open and and sharing all your knowledge, Adam. Um, we will we'll wrap it up here. Um, I'm sure like we can do ten more episodes, you know, if we get into the weeds <laughs> and uh, details of it. But yeah, th- thanks a lot. <laughs> And such a such eye-opening episode uh, for me, and I hope it will be the same for for many of uh, you know many people around around the world. So we'll stop here, you know, and and uh, hopefully we'll do one more episode soon uh, if if we see the need for it. Cool. Thanks and uh, thanks again, perfect. and sorry to take uh, take some more time out of uh, your busy schedule. Sorry. Cool. We'll, we'll talk. Thanks. Nice uh, yep. Thank Bye-bye. you, mate.